Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. First up, we have the voice and mind behind many of our most established and well-loved characters, including Jeb, 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 and also Jeb. It's Jeb Wrench. Christ, we've done a hundred of these. Yep. And from her lofty beginnings as provider of fart sounds and general problem child, it's Fox Lee. You can find no version of me has ever been lofty. <laughs> to her current position as provider of fart sounds and <laughs> problem children. <laughs> and of course, I, the long-suffering editor and I guess technically head researcher, it's Talon Lee. You're the Hello. Person who makes this happen? <laughs> to be to be fair, Fox is the one who I turn to and go, Fox, it doesn't work when something goes wrong on the website. And I'm just here. I don't really know why, but I'm here. Oh wait, I'm the professional. <laughs> we needed someone to talk to about video games. Yeah, I'm the professional. I add, I add, I add, I add gravitas. You also add, um, and this is going to sound really funny because this wasn't something we intended to have, but originally. Originally, the idea was just, we want to talk about video games, and that's it. And that's all we had as a, as a premise for the podcast. But one of the things that's come up and repeatedly gets brought to our attention is when we go back in time and do retro gaming news from, say, before 1995, because my gaming history kind of kicks in around there, Jeb is the one who knows anything at all about Nintendo consoles, because Fox is Australian as well, and so... Everything here was Sega. It's not like you couldn't get a Nintendo. Yeah, but none of our friends did. No. Now, to be fair, I never even saw a Super Nintendo until I was in university. Yeah. I mean, I I, I saw a... um, We had one member of the church who had a Super Nintendo, and they kept it hidden. Was it satanic? Uh, it's just that they didn't want to be a stumbling block to other people because their family had money. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, the, the, the official line from that family in the church was that the dad in that family was an engineer who specialized in submarine engines. And that's why they had such money and why they got moved around the country all the time to places that didn't have access to submarine factories or... Or any kind of naval base, I like Canberra. I, I think, I think I may have been friends with the son of a spy. <laughs> Wait, no, Canberra has a route to the sea. It's Javis Bay. By the way, uh, for for anyone not from Australia, that's that really was hilarious. Funny. Yeah, and for anyone from Australia, no, God really, that's absolutely it. true. Jervis Bay is technically not a part of New South Wales because it's meant to be Canberra's route to the sea, and it just so happens to be a place with all these nice wineries. <laughs> that's 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 the route to the sea. Yes. <laughs> the, is it not said that the path to the sea is paved with really nice wineries? <laughs> actually, given the way press ganging worked in the 1800s, that's actually kind of true. Also, not given a, the way Australian description of Australia in, in general. <laughs> 
We, we are, as far as I know, the only country that at any point during the 19th century was using alcohol as currency. Well, you're forgetting about pirates. <laughs> so, yeah, a hundred episodes. A <laughs> hundred episodes dotted over the course of four years, which is to say no. we've released 25 episodes a year roughly averaged out which means we basically get one out one a fortnight so don't feel bad about the breaks my god what is this mess yeah our schedule of whenever we're all not feeling awful yeah and and <laughs> like this isn't this isn't something we actually kind of expected it's just um all all of us have some stuff that can occasionally happen to us without warning that just deletes a day or a week yeah a month yeah. That's known as life. Yep. On the other hand, we hope that you've been enjoying listening to us for this 100 episodes, and we hope you enjoy listening to us for 100 more, which is why we're going to start introducing more characters. More? 100 more? 100 more. Look, I like hanging around you two. I better, I, I better work on some new voices. <laughs> we better get some guests again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. We Almost all of our guests happened in our first year. And almost as a direct result of us using Zencaster, and then we Zencaster. Zen- we, we never had a had a guest when we were using Zencaster. I, you might be right there. I, I have the, really I, thought we hadn't sure either. We I looked up the records of this, year. and I have some Zen. Well, here's the other thing, and 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 I know that this is going to bother Fox on an archival level. After a year, oh no, don't tell me. I get rid of the Audacity files and just keep the MP3s. So. I don't have archives of the 2014 multi-tracks. I just have the MP3s. La, 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 la. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, to be fair, y'all but, have never had my Audacity files because fuck transferring that over. Yeah. It, well, Audacity and, and just I'm on useful my information. computer since we've started this. Like, I don't yeah. have the files anymore. Ouch. Third desk? Am I remembering correctly? No, I still uh, not replaced the desk. We should Since we should definitely look me. into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a bit rough. Uh, I've a, gone that's through Patreon goals. That's, that's a classic downloadable concept moment there when the desk <laughs> fell yeah. on me when we were recording. Yeah, we're like, what's wrong? Why did Jeb go quiet? What's uh, are they okay? And you came back with, I'm fine. My desk just fell on me. Still did the record. That is an interesting definition of fine. <laughs> yeah. I did the record holding the piece of the desk up so I could keep the microphone going. Yeah. It's a very authentically nerdy definition of fine, I have to say. Uh, we have had days when uh, records have been ruined by neighbors having sex. We have nice. had days when the recording was seriously infringed upon by Winter deciding to knock in Jeb's window. Once, twice. <laughs> um, you can't really trust winter in Canada. No. Uh, we have recorded at one point in 42 degree heat. Mm-hmm. Which was not cool. That should never happen. Is that the only time we tried to record with the air conditioner on? Yeah. And, and that, I believe that's the one that's that the episode title is something like, fuck it, you get air conditioner sound or something like that. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We lost three weeks of recordings in a row at the end of last year, just trying to get the year wrapped up. Yeah, yep. 
Uh, Jeb and I recorded a rundown of Dragons of Tarkir where I completely failed to record my entire side of the conversation. And I remember that. And, and I would like to point out, it destroys all the existing evidence of Talon yeah. completely whiffing. Oh, yeah. On Collected <laughs> Company. Yeah. <laughs> one of the most important cards in Magic the Gathering Modern, one of the most important green cards of the past 10 years. And I thought, oh, it can't be that good, surely. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds, really, that it's going to do anything cool? Like, that would be I mean, the real, cool creatures. The real entertainment cheap. value here is that Talon has now told us. Yep. Well, Jeb ratted me out. I've got it. You got it. You got to double down. I mean, I, I, I have. You got to own it. I, I yeah. have, in fact, I have uh, uh, prodded and poked at Talon for that over the past few years. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's a very healthy thing for anyone who wants to commentate on Magic the Gathering for being reminded when they completely Barney something. <laughs> because it will always happen. Yeah, yeah. I I thought that um, I thought Collected Company just couldn't get anything that exciting, so it didn't really matter. And the next two years of standard were defined here. by you've got to kill a Collected Company deck somehow. <laughs> How do you kill a deck that never runs out of creatures ever? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, it's like it's not it's not that many cards, and the creatures don't have that much power toughness. So what? <laughs> Their bodies. It's all that matters. Exactly. Um, so we've also had um, amongst our guests. We had now Lot from Lot Makes Games. Lottie. I don't actually know Lottie. I, I've never pronounced that name aloud. I'm sorry. Or, like, I probably have, like, on the other podcast, I've been cor- like, earlier in the podcast, I've been corrected. But, yeah, like, I still don't have a, a verbal pronunciation of that uh, in, in my head yet. Uh, but we had Lottie, who went on, who I believe at that point had just finished working on the swindle. I think so. Uh, yep. We were talking about um, procedural generation on that episode. Mm, yes. Uh, we had Jet Grind on, and they talked about... Um, music and games. Mm-hmm. We also had Future Friend who talked for a bit about God everything. Um, and <laughs> mostly that, Let's Plays. Mostly Let's Plays. And and we just kind of went all over the place as hard as we could on that. Um, so yeah, if, by the way, if you if there's people like Jeb and I actually now have like contacts. So if there's someone you want us to get on the show to talk about this stuff, we we kind of can. <laughs> Maybe if they have time. Oh, yeah, yep. I went from I, I went from being a nobody to being a student to being an honor student to being a PhD student. So I that's went through a thing. Ver- I went through various le- various flavors of being an unemployed games journalist. <laughs> yeah, that that is one of the things you'll find about almost every single piece of web product. There is always an underemployed web uh, underemployed journalist of some variety involved. It's basically where Shut Up and Sit Down came from. I went from being a web developer to being a very angry web developer to being a very tired web developer. Wait, you weren't those things before? (laughs) (laughs) I, I, there was, there was kind of an arc where Fox went from why don't, you know, why doesn't anyone pay me to do web development to, oh my God, someone's paying me to do web development to, dear God, these idiots who pay me to do web development. (laughs) Ah, the classic arc. Hey, that doesn't just buy you a website, that also buys you my judgment. Uh Uh-huh. 
And during this time, we have talked about a whole lot of video games. We've talked about games where you should always buy the games with the cute boys. We've talked about my antipathy towards Twiwi. I believe we had at least two episodes of such explosive anger at video games that they got cut and dropped. We cut a good 20 <laughs> minute, 25, 30 minute rant yeah. about a game. Mm-hmm. It's called Sunset. Yeah. And then we and then I did an article and went on absolutely ham bones anyway because man that game annoyed me. <laughs> so many memories. Some games need a kicking. Sometimes it's therapeutic. Uh, and and if you're at all curious uh, about how that went, I'm pretty sure we then went back to it on another episode of the podcast because we had new things to complain about. And you know what? Hell with it. <laughs> During this time, we met such fascinating characters as Mal Pacino. Uh, we learned about <laughs> Grand Theft Shark. Oh, wow, that was that's an old chestnut. Yeah, uh, we learned about mm, the strange. Still Canadian- gonna get my hands on a PC copy of that, just for the record. You know, the strange, you one- uh, the strange Canadian creature known as the Yoga Ball. <laughs> I don't even know we- if you remember how to talk like the Yoga Ball. It was a long time ago, uh, and we we also had. Fox explaining the tournament between her brother and sister that ended with, oh no, she owns him. Get wrecked, nerd. <laughs> so we have had a lot of fun. And, um, oh, heck, during that time, I started making games. And we went from, you know, hey, maybe I could make a game to I have made 43 games. Jesus, you're not yeah, a- somehow that happened. You're not, a de- you're not a designer, you're an industry. <laughs> I, I am also very, very bad at hype cycles. I've learned that uh, even other print-on-demand people are like, you know, you put out a game every six months because otherwise you just, you know, flood the market and no one cares. Dang it! <laughs> They're right. doing something wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, with that in mind, with that look at history, let's look at the very recent history. Hey, Jeb, you played yeah. any games this week? Uh, recently, well, I've been continuing to play a game that I will be talking about professionally very soon. Hooray! But apart from that, but apart from that I have started playing Nino Kuni 2. Aha! Oh! Speaking of hype cycles, uh, Nino Kuni 2 is the sequel to, um, uh, Dark Cloud 2, and, um... <laughs> See, that's a funnier joke if we know what's in the game, but I'm going to assume it means that there's a city builder that is far, <laughs> far too involved. There, there, there is a, a very large kingdom building. As the the, the point plot behind um, Nino Kuni Two is, well, uh, you start off, you are the president of the United States, and someone right. in Chicago, I think it's Chicago. What? It looks like Chicago, and because of that. Uh, the President of the United States is teleported to a fairy tale world, and he becomes a Bishonin, and what? then an advisor to a small cat boy who is going to be king. What? <laughs> really? That's the opening cutscene. I can't tell where you're fucking with me. <laughs> I'm not. This is 100% true. Wow. Um, the, the, after the, uh, after the mice uh, revolt against the Catboy's kingdom, and uh, they, they they overthrow his his uh, his family and uh, over overtake his rule, uh, he and uh, the president of the United States 
uh, they they escape through the sewers and go off and um, looking to start a new kingdom. Um, along the way, they get captured by sky pirates, who um, the sky pirates eventually become their allies, which means that the president of the United States and a small cat boy king are joined by the large uh, sky sky pirate captain and his awesome daughter. I mean, I can't not. I mean, small cat boy king is definitely my brand. <laughs> Well, uh, the pers- the perspective shifts away from the president of the United States to the small catboy king, and then you build the small catboy king's kingdom. By essentially, this is where the game shifts a little bit towards Suikoden, because you have to find all the characters oh, to I'm live. Oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> you have to find all the characters to live in your kingdom and work in all the buildings. And there's oh, also no. like then there's also large scale army battles with your with the people that you recruit you recruit throughout the throughout the game. It's uh it's 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 similar to it's not actually like animated by by Studio Ghibli like or like the uh, first Inokuni was, but it is very much like if Suikoden and Dark Cloud Two had a kid and it was a Ghibli film. Jesus fucking Christ. We've seen, yeah, the, trouble. we've seen the collector's edition of Nino Kuni 2 in the store recently. And it's like $200 and it comes with like a, a music box and a snow globe and vinyl albums. And like it is extraordinarily extra. But <laughs> uh, that's what special editions are for. That's true. It's true. But yeah, that's very impressive sounding. <laughs> um, I, I just just writing this down, speculatively speaking, don't. You know, no, no, no! Don't, don't look at my notepad. Nothing, nothing to see here. By the way, by Jeb, the way, is the it- president of the United States. And I like to remind you, he is the president of the United States. There is no question about this. He is the president of the United States. Carries right. a gun. What? Uh, In this okay. fairy tale, and he pulls out his pistol and he shoots a fucking he shoots a fucking bad guy in the head. <laughs> Why? Because what? he was going to kill the small catboy king. Talon, the reason is because he is the president okay. of the United States of America. But here's the thing: here's Metal the World thing. Chaos Music Sting goes here. When you, when you, when you, when you, when you like build the, the when you do research to improve the the weaponsmith, the blacksmith in your kingdom, the blacksmith can upgrade or build new. Semi-automatic pistols from the United States. Well, by that logic, he should be able to reverse engineer. I'm, I'm just saying. All right. So, uh, <laughs> don't don't break my heart, Jeb. Is it the good version of that? The good version of of what? Of Twicked and 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 Dark Cloud to having a Ghibli baby. Oh. Yes, it is delightful. <laughs> All right, I got shit to do. <laughs> like, wait, the, wait, I have a better your, joke. The protagonist is a small uh, cowboy. Gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, wow. Um, what about you, Fox? You been playing any video games lately? See, I was gonna say, ah, oh, I haven't been browsing Pokemon trading post online or anything. Uh, I'm here. 
but uh, I think you all know he's pretty engaged from the last bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, y- you are hanging on to, uh, to so so you're not going to buy you're not like on Amazon right now buying Nino Cooney. <laughs> no, no, not quite. No, she's on the PSN network or she's on Steam buying it. I think it's on PC. I have, in fact, been playing a game, and it is Hustle Cat. Yes. I've heard people talk about Hustle Cat. I still don't know what Hustle Cat is. It's it's, it's really very good. It's a visual novel where the love interests turn into cats. So, it's a it's a that's that's not a big spoiler. It's a lifestyle. Eh? (laughs) Hey. I don't know. Have have you ever had a girlfriend who turned into a cat? I mean, (laughs) yeah. Like, that's actually quite appropriate a point. <laughs> they are engaged to a cat girl. <laughs> I, I, okay, fine. Yeah, sure. There's actually no in-between. It's human or cat. This is discriminatory against the Fourier's community. Anyway. <laughs> Except for the uh, sort of body horror scene bad ending where the main character sort of turns a little bit. It, it's slightly gruesome. But yes, uh, so Hustle Cat is a VN. You've remarked on it being a VN. Tell me more, Vox. Um, it's extremely cute. It has a main character with a more masculine and a more feminine presentation and pronouns that don't have to match that. Good. Uh, very good. Um, it's It's got a mix of dudes and ladies for the romance in. Also good. Uh, no envy love interests, though you can play an envy, which is, you know, de- definitely partial credit. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody is cute as hell. Uh, probably can't give too much else away. It, it features a witch getting sucker punched, and I'm down with that. <laughs> Not a nice witch like on Twitter. A, a nasty witch. Uh, broadly speaking, it is a lot of fun, and it's it's just really fucking nice to see a dating sim type visual novel that doesn't feature all kinds of creepy consent violations and just nasty gender enforcement bullshit. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's real good. You should grab it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have any interest in cute people who are also occasionally cats. One, a lot of I the have, best stuff I cannot talk it, about because it would be spoilers. <laughs> I, I haven't played this game. All I can talk about is what I've picked up through, like, osmosis. But as far as I can tell, there appears to be someone who, when learning they turned into a cat, were like, cool, I'm going to make a YouTube channel and make a million bucks. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's no spoilers. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize. But, like, it's, it's very, very now. A lot of visual novels yes. seem to be, like, reaching for a period that's, like, ten years ago. Or at least, like, maybe you use a mobile phone, but you're not going to be super meta-aware or anything. Hmm. Indeed, most visual novels seem to exist in worlds where people can't play visual novels. <laughs> They're exactly like horror horror games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, actually, you do get some really genre-savvy uh, characters in this one. <laughs> hey, they sort of know where it's at. All right. So, uh, with that in mind, I have uh, I have been playing some things. Um, so, tell and, me what have you been playing lately? Uh, I, just just to give a real quick rundown on some things that aren't really worth talking about, because um, uh, they're going to get up on articles, and you know, if I want to go in depth on them, I will. Uh, Broken Age, 
uh, I played Broken Age for four minutes before I threw it out and deleted it. Good. Oh, right. Yeah, I was about to be surprised that you were playing Broken Age, but then you fixed it. I played Watch Dogs for about three hours because I wanted to make damn sure I gave it a chance. <laughs> How mad did you get? I I am... Nothing is good about that game. I am impressed with how bad Watch Dogs is. I am I am genuinely surprised because I know when you read a review, when you deal with criticism, there's always going to be some element of if I experience this for myself, I will find something different or find something new because we all bring our own lenses. And I've had some really transformative experiences with games where I tried something that people thought was shit and I loved it and I tried something people loved and I thought it was shit and that's fine. Watch Dogs is one of the most amazingly thoroughly bad games I've ever played. On, I, on I, like, I a, feel that one thing that's greatly underappreciated about Watch Dogs is how bad it controls. Yes! It handles like Play-Doh. It's so it, sluggish. It, yeah, he turns like a shopping cart. You're a, really? you're a dude. You're on your feet. You do not need a turning circle. Which, I mean, that's not new tech. They've been making these games for ages. Yeah. He moves worse than Altair in Assassin's Creed 1. Mm-hmm. He parkours worse than Altair in Assassin's Creed 1. Uh, the, the cars. The cars oh. are nonsense. Oh, my God. I... This game wants to present itself as like an actual speculative fiction, 20 minutes in the future, actual real world representation of things. And the cars are the are some of the worst experience I've ever had in a game like this. Cars because are worse than L.A. Noir. You said that too, right, Jeb? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because on the one hand, super vigilant, hyper, hyper, hyper uh, surveillance state. You can get into any car and drive however you want and the cops will maybe notice you if you crash into a cop car. Yeah. Well, Aiden's hard to detect. Not in a fucking car, he's not. We have a way of identifying cars. We know how to do that. That's a thing. And and yet, with this realism, you still have a car that basically can take damage like a tank. Like, yep. <laughs> you have the, the, the light pole, like light and telegraph poles that flip into the air when you crash into them because you can plow clean on through them. It's so dissonant. And even then, I would forgive this if it was actually lots of fun to fling a car around the scenery and giggle at how silly it is. But it's not. No, it's just sad. And the city it's designed for is all full of these, you know, like, you know, Stop at a stop sign, take it at 90 degrees, really slow, deliberate angles. So when you get a route, it'll take you, you know, it'll look like a cross-stitch pattern. And it's so hard to do because the cars don't have, like, gears. They just go fast as you can go or don't. So you kind of have to, like, stop accelerating as you get towards your turn and then handbrake it in, even though you're not accelerating. (laughs) I don't drive, and even I know that's nonsense. Yeah, Watch Dogs is really bad. Hard to believe Watch Dogs 2 is so good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really look forward to that. Um, I also did a very short bit of play on ukulele, and the f- my first impression was this is a game that does not want to acknowledge that mouse keyboard controls exist. So I'm going to come back at that with a controller, because y- you can use them. It's just completely unintuitive um, and very hard to use. But I have hopes nonetheless, because um, the opening cinematic made me laugh. 
So, yeah. But the big thing, the thing I've sunk the better part of the last two weeks into is Far Cry 4. playing a lot of the swindle. (laughs) (laughs) Far Cry 4. So, so I know that there is some contentious opinion about Far Cry 3. I think that it's very accurate to say that it's a racist work. Uh, You know, product of racist society uses a lot of racist tropes in it. And even though it's trying to use them for like, let's make a point, it doesn't do it well enough to justify it. Like, Like, you know, like basically content warning, racist. Um, but not like, let's piss in the developer's mailbox racist. Um, Far Cry 4. <laughs> Far Cry 4 is so good. <laughs> I, I am really surprised by how much I loved Far Cry 4. <laughs> so, uh, w- one of the things in Far Cry 3 is that the main character you're playing, uh, Jason Brody, is a... He's, he's a rich, privileged dick. And he's like... He's a weenus. Yeah, he's an absolute weenus. And that makes the whole transformation into Warrior King of the of the island so much worse because you're like, why what what possible thing could have been hiding in this guy to make him into this? So it's very, very mighty whitey. It's got a lot of that Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan is powerful because he's a noble kind of bullshit going on. Right. Uh, but Far Cry 3's protagonist also needs a whole bunch of tutorials for everything. So the first time you get into a car, the game has someone tell you how to drive. First time you use a gun, the game has someone tell you how to handle it. They all do, like, in-situ tutorials. And that was just the trend of the time. Far Cry 4 doesn't use those. Far Cry 4 just pops up a single graphic that's an overlay and says, here's how to do the thing you just picked up. The diegetic effect of this is that Jason Brody needs someone to tell him, like, all right, you need to you need to kill someone. This is going to be a very difficult task. It's going to hurt. You're going to, like, this will change you. I hope you're okay. I hope you're prepared. Whereas in Far Cry 4, RJ Gale picks up a knife and immediately the prompt goes up, press F to stab this guy in the throat. And RJ doesn't need any kind of, like, nope, yeah, cool, shunk. Ah. <laughs> because in Far Cry 4, the first time you get to do any violence, you've just watched a fascist king who puts his face on the money brag at you about how great he is and you know tell you to stay excuse me i'm gonna go torture this person you kind of know this is like no i i think escalating to violence is a very reasonable response in this situation very reasonable <laughs> and enjoyable yes it it it, <laughs> it has a nice stealth system for a game that isn't it's like a, not a dedicated what stealth system what if uncharted contextualized violence <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and the violence in Far Cry 4 has, like, Far Cry 4 still has a certain degree of video game plot of you have two different characters who are extremists in an organization, you have to pick between them, and eventually you have to kill one of them, and it's like, you know, there are so many different ways you could have done this conclusion if you actually had the chance to play through it as a character. Um, but one of my favorite things this game does is it has, like, two extra endings, and one of them's famously, you get at it by just stopping at the start of the game, just, like, waiting ten minutes, and then Pagan Min comes huh. back, and they give you the ending cutscene, like, they shell- they tell you the whole plot of the whole game that you've been building wow. up to. And then Pagan's like, and now you're in charge of this country. Let's go shoot some fucking guns. And you get into a helicopter and you go joyriding. Nice. Yeah. In if you If you go with a normal plot, though, and you play your way through the whole game, you, you the, the mystery that would be resolved is now, you know, slowly, slowly you get more context and more information. You, know, you can kind of piece bits of it together. It's really cool, too. Like, it's a really solid, well-written story with, like, recurrent themes in there. And at the very 
end of the game, you confront Pagan Min, and he's like, well, you could shoot me in the head, or you could sit down and we could have some food and I could explain to you what's going on. And I, being me, immediately shot him in the head. Right. Screen slows down into slow motion as his head bucks back. The um, text in red flashes up, the king is dead, and it starts playing The Clash. Of course it does. <laughs> like, the opening lick from Should I Stay or Should I Go, like, starts up, and I'm like, fuck, that's a really good ending. <laughs> that's, like, this a really good conclusion. This is supposed to be a bad ending. You may have <laughs> fucked up. Well, that's the thing. I don't feel like the game actually thinks that's the bad ending. You get an achievement for it, after all, and it treats it as just, it treats it as you finished the game. That's the achievement. It doesn't say which of the endings is the right one. Uh, it's also, it, it's also really fascinating to me as a game because... In Far Cry 3, they had this recurrent pattern of always using colonial powers to express horrible opinions. So, like, all the all the invaders to Rook Islands were themselves in some way representatives of a invading empire. Like, uh, there were Spanish characters, uh, Chinese characters during the Chinese Age of Imperialism. There was uh, Australian characters during World War II. There, there, there was all this sort of, like... And, of course, the, the final villain is a South African who grew up under apartheid. It's like there's very clearly like they want to make this theme of uh, of colonialism is a bad thing. Like they fuck it up, but they want it to. They try. In Far Cry 4, one of the recurrent things is you are constantly being surrounded by women who are making the best decisions they can because men are not listening to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like in some cases that that result is pretty grim. Like it it feels to me like this game really wishes it could say the word privilege. <laughs> because, and, and that's one of the things, like, part of the reason why RJ is so quick to pick up guns and pick up knives is because RJ almost went to prison in the United States because RJ's a brown guy who got involved in a, in a robbery at a convenience store, and that did not go well for him. Right. So, the, the, the pre-existing context of RJ as an outside, as a diaspora Sorry, there's just a lot to talk about in Far Cry 4. I really liked it. <laughs> and you get to shoot an evil king in the face. I mean, come on. Which is always the best outcome. I, I will say, um, on the voice acting front, it is a tiny bit of a bummer that Pagan Min is voiced by Troy Baker. Right. Because Pagan Min is meant to be British Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Right? Huh. He's... And, and I... I cannot help but feel that there are lots of actors who would be more perfectly suited for that. Um, as it is, it's Troy Baker doing a British accent, which is fine, I guess. But it would have been nicer if someone, you know, closer to that particular uh, cultural background got got a hand at it. But, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I really liked Far Cry 4. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Ubisoft, sometimes their games are good. Yeah. Th- that's the thing with Ubisoft in a lot of ways. They're they're kind of just like, they, they produce game loaf. And you get a section of it and see how good that section is. And sometimes that section of game loaf is Watch Dogs, and sometimes it's Far Cry 4. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they don't they don't have Dragon Age. That's Origin, isn't it? That's, that's, that's EA. Yeah, okay. Oh, all right. Shit. Sorry, yeah, Origin's the thing that EA uses to sell their games. You so, can be forgiven for forgetting it. So, hey, who wants a special retro gaming news? Uh, I do. Sure. Hello. 
now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print from the year 2014. The first year the downloadable concept podcast was available. Christ, we've been doing this for four years. I'm not going to go over the entire year of 2014 because that's a recent year and that means that there are some 160 entries on this list. Literally infinite games. Yep. But what I figured we could do is we could grab a quick rundown of the game in the game franchises that got new installments and the franchises that started in 2014. All right. So, first things first, this is we're going to start with franchise installments. So we saw an installment of a game that's about time traveling murder. Is the murder is the is it the murder itself like is time travel involved with the murders? Uh, well, it's time travel to go back to murder people, but that doesn't actually change the past. In fact, it's about experiencing murders that have already happened. So it's an Assassin's Creed. Yes, it is. Because that's that's the thing that there was an Assassin's Creed every year. Yeah. Let's see, 2015, was that Assassin's Creed 3? Uh, that was Unity. Ooh. That was, that was the year they said, maybe we're pushing a little hard. Ooh. Yeah, not not a good time. Uh, we saw the release of a Platinum... I guess it's technically uh, not a rhythm game, but I've seen it played and it seems to have a rhythm to it. But uh, a, a Platinum game that came to a new console to the great irritation of people who thought that console was garbage. That would be the wonderful one I won. <laughs> Close, but no. Uh, is Bayonetta 2? Yeah, Bayonetta 2. Uh, you see, when you said, like, rhythm, I figured it was... Yeah, it's kind of, like, watching speedruns of Bayonetta, it definitely seems to be a rhythm game. No. Alright, uh, I mean, next up we have... Because, like, um, Platinum games have timed inputs for combos and moves. Yeah. So, that's where you might get the idea that it's, like, kind of like a rhythm game. Fair, fair. A cell-shaded shooter game, which didn't get a shooter installment this year. Blance oh, 2. Oh, um, yeah. Tales from the Borderlands, yeah. No, it wouldn't be Blance 2. Borderlands 2 did also launch that year, but on the Vita. Uh, so a release of a patriotic shootman's game, which audi- whose audience at this point was largely declared to be not gamers, or according to the people who developed the game, a parallel market to conventional gamers. I'm not sure which one that is. There's a lot of franchises that could be. Uh, It was Call of Duty. Okay. It was a game franchise that started on the NES and was about precision platforming and punishing level design. And this installment is a God of War clone. Castlevania. Yes. Uh... A, well, yeah, oh, yeah. A, an installment in the game franchise so big that it may, that it, based on a board game, resulted in a board game based on it. That would be Civilization. Yes. Uh, at this point, also the release of a video game in a franchise that at the time people were saying, oh no, you know, this is a one-off thing, uh, that because there's no way people would keep on signing up for this deliberately punishing, slightly incomplete mission design, uh, and, and these cheesable enemies, but was re- largely regarded as excellent because of its uh, atmosphere and style. Dark Souls. 
and its hooting dickhole community. Yes, Dark Souls. Uh, a franchise that features a dragon with a jetpack. I can never remember the name of this. It's I called feel Divinity. Like it should. What, what was it? What's it called? Divinity. Dragon Commander? Divinity Dragon. It's a Divinity game? It's a, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a Divinity game. You, the that is the correct one. response. Yeah, it's, the other ones I've, I've seen are a little bit different. The other ones are action RPGs. Dragon Commander is an RTS life dating sim. Yes. With a dragon with a rocket pack. <laughs> uh, a game with a monkey with a tie. Other than Donkey Kong? No, just Donkey Kong. Tropical Freeze? Uh, yes, actually, well done. A Take it easy next time, darling. Uh... A game which, uh, sorry, a fantasy role-playing game that uh, came, came from the classic legacy of CRPGs that I believe this one had a trans man in it. Ah, that would be Dragon Age Inquisition. Yes. And he's not treated well, unfortunately, because video ah, games are- <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, like, another installment in a franchise that has at this point now had more releases of one of its games on different platforms than it has other releases of any other title. <laughs> oh, Skyrim. Yeah, it's the Elder Scrolls. And that's that's just a weird <laughs> statistic. Uh, Skyrim is now out on more platforms than, pre- than there were previous Elder Scrolls games. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the previous Elder Scrolls games didn't have a, like, massive common appeal. If we're talking about Skyrim, I mean, like, statistically speaking, uh, there's, like, a Skyrim is released, like, every, like, 0.7 years or something. <laughs> uh, 2014 is also the launch of oh, Elder Scrolls you know Online. What I want? I want, you know how they remade some of the, like, PS3 Atelier games for the, the PlayStation handhelds with, like, chibi characters and stuff? I want that for Skyrim as all. Well. <laughs> Like a 3DS Skyrim where everyone looks like a Landoroid. This this game comes from a franchise that started in 1974, and there have been four games in the entire franchise history. But it is probably one of the most influential games of its type because there are dozens and dozens of games that try to do it. It was crowdfunded in 2012 and launched in 2014. Just trying to think of something with the four games... Yeah, is the well, original XCOM that old? No, don't don't think in terms of the four games. Like the original XCOM is like in nineteen ninety one. No, uh, think. Yeah, I didn't think it was that old. Think think instead of well, think of really successful Kickstarters, but ones that actually launched. Yeah, but it's not any of those that I know about. Oh, uh, okay. Elite, Elite, yes, Elite Dangerous, yes. The very first Elite game was a game called Dark Wheel. In 1974, and it was well. It now was, I know why I couldn't guess it. Yeah, and it it looked like butts, but it was actually trying to do like space on a on a computer that had less RAM than a pocket calculator. Now, you know what game is really good about showing space? Do tell. Elite Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> if you want space? That's a good game for space. Controls. So like for reals, I'm not like, sure I've ever heard of this game. Control the controls in Elite Dangerous, like you would expect, trying to pilot spaceship. You could turn on a dime. You still have momentum. It, it's if you're not willing to commit to learning how to fly a spacecraft, do not <laughs> play Elite Dangerous because there's a lot of it. Wow, <laughs> uh, a, a franchise, <laughs> a franchise that let you 
stab dudes in the neck straight away after the start of the game after witnessing a corrupt king showing off money with his face on it. Ah, follow. <laughs> uh, We're going to say Assassin's Creed. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely an Ubisoft game. The technically a new installment in the... <laughs> I think this is a bit bullshit, Wikipedia. Uh, the technically new installments in the long-running Squaresoft franchise. In 2014? Uh, in spin-off In 2014. Well, it's, it's re-releases on new platforms. Oh, so oh, it's a Final sure. Fantasy. Is it 10 and 10 to HD? Uh, yes, and 6. Oh. Yeah. What did 6 release on that year? The iOS. iPhone. Oh, I think Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend-shaped friend. Hmm, who's shaped like a friend besides me? <laughs> you go ball. <laughs> this character I, 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 is I, I, a ball. I, 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 somebody, somebody, somebody mention my, somebody mention my name? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you got a book deal. I, 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 I got a great deal on these books. There, they got the price of more. Look, there's um, the player's guide, the DM guide, the monster manual. Oh, nice. Uh, that said, it's um, Kirby. There are yes, and there are two Kirby <laughs> games that came out this year: Kirby Triple Deluxe, which sounds like a burger, and Kirby Fighters Deluxe, which sounds less like a burger. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, I, would um, go, I would go to a burger joint and order the fighter deluxe. Yeah, actually, come to think of it, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> what would you expect? Well, I, burger King once had an angry Whopper. Mmm. A. They still have delicious. the angry Angus here, which was delicious, by the way. <laughs> uh, a game, a, a creative development game that's a PS3 exclusive that wanted to be like their branding thing. That um, kind of. Like, really good levels, really good level design, amazing music. Like, I really love listening to this game being played, even if I don't want to play it myself. Everyone controls like they're a, a person made out of wool and fluff and yarn. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's a Little Big Planet. Yeah, Sackboy sack boy handles oh. exactly like you would expect. <laughs> Which uh, is not to say it's anything bad with it. It's what you should expect. Yeah. And and it, and it also makes a whole bunch of the platforming questions a lot more forgiving. Of like, why can I land on that? Because you made a fluff. Shut up. Why is that made a fluff, Talon? It is adorable. They're made of sack. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and they're clearly stuffed. Like there is weight in a sack, boy. Hmm. Do uh, not the, misunderstand this. The Atlas spin-off series they made because Shin Megami Tensei was too unapproachable, resulting in a series that is now itself getting spin-offs because the original is too unapproachable. <laughs> the spin-off is oh, Devil Survivor. Highlight. <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> no, 2014 saw the release of Persona 4 Arena Ultimax because those aren't unapproachable fight games. <laughs> uh, there was a... I got they did nice sprite work though. Mm-hmm. There was a main release of well, a re-release technically of a Pokemon game. Um, is this when Red and Blue popped up on Virtual Console? Uh this is when Omega Red Oh sorry, Omega ah, Ruby. Okay. Alpha and Omega. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. 
And this also saw the release of... We talk about him all the time on this series. We make a lot of excuses for him. But 2014 the saw the release of... The best boy. A, a hedgehog game. And... <laughs> I've carried a lot of water for hedgehog in the past. But, uh... This one didn't do so well. You really? Which 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 one was it in that year? Twenty fourteen. <laughs> Sonic Boom. God. Rise oh, of Lyric. Rise of Lyric. Wouldn't that be both Sonic Booms? Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal. Also, Sonic Toon Ancient Adventure and Sonic Toon Island Adventure and the iOS release of Sonic what and All Stars shit? Racing Transformed and Sonic Jump Fever on iOS and Android. There were six Sonic releases in one year. Of course there were. Of course there were. But hey, the cartoon is fun for Sonic Boom. Yeah, how is that game so bad when that cartoon is really, like, the best Sonic-y thing they've done in ages? Yeah. Uh, It saw the release... Outside of Mania, obviously. It saw the release of a stealth-based game in a steampunk setting that I... Uh, in 2015, dragged around the woodshed because oh my goodness, I hated it so much. Steampunk stealth. The forest. Yeah. Uh, yes, thief four. Th- no, oh. thief, thief. Uh, it was just called thief. They just called it thief. The forest. Yeah. Was it and, spelled with a four? Uh, n- no. They just called it thief. Yeah. However, the font, the typeface kind of made it look like you could think it was a four if you looked at it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Making, making it extra frustrating is this is another instance of a game written by Rihanna Pratchett where I just, like, I, I can't like this story. What's going on? I uh, like that there's a whole, you know, there's like a, a steampunk stealth assassination game, or, you know, a, steam, a steampunk stealth crimes game is like a genre where we need more information to find out what you yeah. think about it. <laughs> you make a good point. Uh, you make you make an embarrassingly good point, because I actually quite <laughs> like quite a few of those. That's that's really weird. I wouldn't have thought of that as my jam, but apparently this is where we are. <laughs> this is where we are now. Uh, anyway, there are, however, a bunch of new intellectual properties, and I'm going to throw them at you and see what How you think of them they? now. Well, you're going to find out. With, uh, with with four years gaps between them releasing, and now we're going to see how well these things stuck in your mind. <laughs> well, this bodes well. Number one, Destiny. I like Destiny a whole lot. I don't care about Destiny. Destiny 2, when the, when, the, when the expansion pack came out and they started tweaking things, Destiny 2 got bad. Aww. Uh, five Nights at Freddy's. Why is there merchandise for that all over the little knockoff shops? It's only four years old. It didn't seem like something you'd sell a bunch of action figures to children for, though. Yeah. Really weird. There are seven. There are there are seven Five Nights at Freddy's games since two thousand and fourteen. Jesus. There's a book. Why is? Oh, it's fucking weird. And and as much as I would like to dunk on Scott Cawthon, the guy who makes Five Nights at Freddy's. He appears to genuinely be a really good guy. No, we've been here before, yeah. Yep. I would like uh, to I would like to, to take a point out that um that uh that uh with the, the final Five Nights at Freddy's game, um he did kind of the unthinkable when it comes to, you know, games that, you know, have like a deep like a lot of lore and a lot of backstory and a lot of history like inferred in them. 
Mm-hmm. He just, like, you know, just went against, like, all the theory craft, and he just put it in there. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what happened. No. Oh. There are definitive answers to Five Nights at Freddy's lore. <laughs> I almost mm. respect that more at this point now. It just because the Five Nights at Freddy's theory craft is... Yep. It pissed off a lot of nerds. I- it was hilarious. Yeah, normally that's a terrible idea, but I, I do love the idea of using it to say fuck you to people who thought they knew the answers. <laughs> Wonderful. <Damn. clears throat> uh, Sunset Overdrive. <sighs> Not enough people played hey. Sunset Overdrive. Yep. Sunset Overdrive is only four years old. Sunset Overdrive. I mean, I really would have liked to try it out, but the whole platform exclusivity thing, it was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Sunset Overdrive is amazing. <sighs> this and is when I the, believe you. This is when the first Titanfall game came out. Oh, that, eh. that series well, wound thing. up way better than it should have. <laughs> <laughs> Titanfall 2 is one of the best shooters. It lets you parkour. Oh, this is the one where the mech has a personality, isn't it? That, that's the one where you have a bond with your... Like, you have, a, like, an emotional bond to your robot. It's yeah, great. that's real cute. And I like, really want a Pacific Rim game where you have to like build a link with the the mecha and with your partner, and there's all this like social shit going on, but also like action game giant robot face punching. Also, uh, one of the the best things about Titanfall Two is, of course, parkour as well as giant robots. Yeah. <laughs> or I should get myself being, some Titanfall Two. If you're being particularly, if you're pe- if you're feeling particularly saucy. You tell your robot to do some, like, you know, lay down some covering fire. You get out of the robot. You parkour around with your machine gun around the arena and then get back in the robot. <laughs> <laughs> Titan Vault is really good. <laughs> um, uh, the Evil Within. I can't really remember anything about that. Mm. The first mm. one was ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. Um, the plot of... Evil Within is, it's. I'm pretty sure it's made by Capcom. Yeah, yeah. It's like Capcom went to the people who thought that, like, you know, made like the original like Resident Evil plot, um, like concept, and asked them for something different, but <laughs> still on that same intellectual level. <laughs> Ow. Ah. Uh. It's weird. Also, it's weird. And apparently, like, Evil Within 2, I've heard some very, some widely varied opinions on yeah. from, like, wow, Evil Within 2 is way better than Evil Within 1. And then also, wow, the Evil Within 2 is way better than the Evil Within 1, but it still sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is It is definitely one of your, uh, this thing, like, it is a game that is set in a world that is clearly made for a horror game like there are elaborate locks with like living brains as part of their components and you have to like do amateur surgery on people there's a reason for that yeah 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 i'm not i'm not trying to give it away i'm just saying like in in universe this is like very clearly like you're getting into a very schlocky kind of horror when you get into the evil within i mean it's called the evil within yeah, don't go in expecting it to be like creeping intellectualism. Don't expect it to I sit will, back I and will, make you go. I will explain. Makes you think. <laughs> I will explain one thing. It's not really a spoiler about the Evil Within that sums up the Evil Within one. Since that's the the game from that year we're talking about. Yep. At one point, in Evil Within one, you come to a gate that is closed by a big chain. 
And you can't open mm-hmm. that until you have some way to deal with the big chain. Mm-hmm. So, our protagonist gets to a fight with, uh, with a bunch of zombies and whatnot, and, and so forth and so forth. He picks up a chainsaw. Now, you would think that the chainsaw could be used as a weapon. No, it is not a weapon. <laughs> what a chainsaw is used for is right the name. It's a chainsaw. It's a chain. chains. Oh, dear gosh. And that's the evil within one. That's some melt the horse. That's some melt the candle wax onto the horseshoe to make a handle bullshit right there. No, it's I it's some pick your nose bullshit right there is what I it is. Uh, I, I kind of respect them for for leaning so hard into it. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> and finally, Watchdogs. Did Watchdogs leave any impressions in the memory? Watchdogs one left me with the impression of why. Yeah, didn't didn't we just watch, talk about this? Then Watch Dogs yeah. 2 was announced, and I thought, why? <laughs> and then Watch Dogs 2 came out, I was like, what? <laughs> and may- maybe a little, how? <laughs> Him? Uh, <laughs> what What right did this franchise have For to suddenly kick ass? about playing Watch Dogs 2, and is wondering if they should play Watch Dogs 1 first. No. Yeah, skip Watch Dogs 1 entirely. All right, now here we go. Final final part of our retro retrospective on 2014. All right, one 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 more thing, then the final part. This this year saw the release of a game that was so bad there was a genuine controversy about whether or not it had been released unfinished. Ah. Uh, What's more, it was a this? movie tie-in. Game movie? I don't know this. Yeah, I it, thought I knew this. It's a movie tie-in to a movie. From the 1970s. Mm, no, that could be anything. Hang on, let me double... Let, actually, hang on, let me quickly double check my... Sorry, no. The first movie was 1982, not 1979. I mixed up my years there. See? Got to be careful. Uh, a, a 1982 uh, movie. Ghostbusters. No. It's an R-rated movie from the 80s that got a franchise. Um, it had three movies and the video game tries to kind of do all of them it got a tv series for kids oh this is alien no it's not alien this is robocop no it's not alien and it's not robocop the robocop came out that year the robocop relaunch came out that year and they did uh try to make a tv show for kids at one point i remember seeing one episode and being like what the fuck is this (laughs) no no this is Oh, there was a 2012 film in this franchise, and there was a 2008 film in this franchise, but at this point, the iron was well and truly gone. The whole game is named after the surname of the protagonist. The iron? The, 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 iron, the iron isn't hot. The iron is did, gone. Did they, did they make oh. a game off, of, off the film Balboa? You are so close. You even got the right actor. Okay, so it's a different Sylvester Stallone movie. Yes. Uh, what's is oh, uh, Rambo in it? Rambo, the video game. Oh, right, that. I forgot that was his surname. Yep, 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 game? yep. Oh, yeah, that happened. Rambo has a 1 out of 10 on Destructoid. I had no idea this game even happened. It's Metacritic what it, score. What are we in, 2014? Yep. Its Metacritic score is 23 out of 100. Christ. 
This game is not just bad by the standards of video games. This game is breathtakingly bad. <laughs> they hired Rooster Teeth and Machinima to make the trailers for this game. Did they mercilessly make fun of it? No, because they didn't know the game was bad yet. They just been handed a bunch of oh. animation and been told make that make a trailer out of this. Wow, that doesn't sound like a good way to use their particular talents. Uh, it also used new audio footage. Sorry, new audio from the original movies that was never used in the movies to get voice work <laughs> from a guy who has since passed away, uh, Richard Krenner. Oh. oh dear. Which apparently cost a metric ton to buy. <sighs> and they timed this game to release at the same time as The Expendables 2. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, d- they stuffed that up and had to release it two years later. <laughs> <sighs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> nothing went right for this game. Literally nothing went right. Oof. All right. Now, the top 10 Metacritic most rated games of the year. All right? Okay. We have Is most a- rated mean like highest rated or most frequently rated? It's it's a combination of high Well, it's it's basically the highest Metacritic score on average. Yeah, highest score. Yeah. Yeah. Because like multiple versions of a game give you an aggregate. It's 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 weird, but there's a list. And we like counting lists. Yeah, no, it's simply that the phrase most rated could mean mm-hmm. frequency. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to have a real surprising one in here because I... We'll, we'll, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Okay. First things first. From the bottom up, starting at number 10, a Blizzard Entertainment release on three platforms that resulted in the removal of a major feature from the game. Diablo 3. <laughs> yeah. Diablo 3, Reaper of Souls, Ultimate Evil Edition... As one entity. Uh, Which I believe is one of the first games I talked about on this show. Yeah. Yeah. And I went back and played it a little bit late last year and went, wow, this this still kicks us. <laughs> I don't know why I'm surprised. <laughs> still kicks us. You didn't like it at the time. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, and you did. And so did Jeb. And I went back and went, oh, yeah, this is actually really good. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Anyway. Uh, we have a controversial puzzle platformer. Controversial not because of anything the game does. The game itself is damn close to perfect, if a little up itself. But the person who made it is just like a, a lightning rod for like some legitimate criticism, but lots and lots of definitely not legitimate criticism. Also, he's kind of a dick. But, like, I feel bad talking lots bad about and it. Lots lots of illegitimate criticism? Yeah. Yeah, almost like Harassment Brigade came out to try and piss in this guy's mailbox for saying things that are good about feminism. I heard Puzzle Platformer and Harassment this- Brigade. Oh. Yep. Uh, the thing with the Fez. Yeah, Fez. Fez right, by Polytron right. Corporation. Yeah. I kept, my brain just kept saying braid, and I'm like, no, <laughs> wrong on almost all axes. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, whatever your opinion of Phil Fish, I still think Fez is a really excellent game. Legit. Uh, now, this is the one that's going to be a bit of a difficulty, because I don't know this game. And what's more, not only do I know this game, but the Wikipedia page for this game 
has multiple blank sections saying this section needs expansion and has needed it since August 2015. But one of the best rated games of 2014. Yes. All right. Well, hey, in we go. I'm just going to read you the reception category, which is the only complete category on the Wikipedia page. (laughs) Blank has been met with critical acclaim. Review aggregator site Metacritic assigned it a score 90 out of 100 for the Vita version and 86 out of 100 for the PS4 version. Eurogamer's Simon Parkin rated the game an 8 out of 10, saying, quote, Despite the game's dip-nose poise, its obsession with speed and clocks, it rewards those who take their time, who perfect their technique on every stage, and who savor an arcade game that's been lovingly embellished and expanded to its full and likely final potential. IGN Did I just Vince- say the phrase dick is nose this, poise? Dick nose N++ poise. Plus? No! Right. It's not N. I could have told you about N. <laughs> uh, IGN's, IGN's Vince Enginito rated the game a 9 out of 10, with the verdict being blank, successfully builds upon the speed of the original with its awesome new side scrolling sections. It's not Geometry Wars, whatever it's No. Oh. No. And it was published by Sierra Entertainment in 2014. I should know what this is. I almost read you the entire Wikipedia page for this game. It is a shoot 'em up video game developed and published by Future Lab for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita, published by Activision under the Sierra Entertainment brand name for the Xbox One and Microsoft Windows. The developers signed with with Sony to create titles for the Vita in 2012 as a result of the success of the first game. That's it. That is, I have read you the entire Wikipedia page for this game, and it is one oh, of the best a, rated it games. A, it was a shooter. It, it seems to have been a sequel. And the, the original one was on the, the Xbox uh, One and PC? Uh, the original was on the PS3, PSP, and Vita, and Mini. Uh, it signed with Sony to create new titles. Stri- the sequel Suit Zero. No. Okay, so we're, we're just gonna we're just gonna fumble around it after this point. I think we've we've had a chance, right? I guarantee you, I have no idea. It's called Velocity Two X. Okay. Yep. Heard of it. <laughs> I have I never heard, heard of this game. I've only heard of it. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Oh wait, no. Hang on. He says, having googled it. I've seen speedruns of this. Oh. In fact, I think I've seen speedruns of this with Fox. This was on AGDQ. Probably. Yeah? Everything's what on AGDQ like? these days. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that was apparently one of the best games of 2014, and we completely blanked on it. So, that's the thing. Hmm. Anyway. Um, exactly oh, in my wheelhouse. This? This? Okay, yeah, we have seen this. Huh. I had no idea what it was called, or that it was a Sierra game. Yeah. Well, published by Sierra. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, great, cool. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. Next up, from one one speedrunning all-star to another speedrunning all-star, though, this one I mostly love for speedruns because of the commentator, who tends to take to it with a great degree of love. It's an Ubisoft release. It has musical levels. Rayman Origins. Yes. (laughs) We have a NES throwback that was uh, crowdfunded, then became such an outrageous success that they made an amiibo of one of the characters. (laughs) Chill night. Yeah. It has a Dwarf Fortress reference in it. Nice. <laughs> we have a Platinum Games game 
with you know fashion design and costume sets and supposedly there's shooting and fighting in it as well fashion design and costume sets yeah you can unlock costume sets to put on a yeah bayonetta 2 yeah Oh, that is not fashion design. That's Peter's <laughs> outfits. From one punishingly hard game with, with, about playing dress-up to another punishingly hard game about playing dress-up, it's a sequel from From Software. It's Dark Souls. Dark Souls 2. Um, a party brawling fighting game that someone will shout at me for calling a party game. Smash you. Just assuming it's Smash Brothers? Yep, Smash Brothers for the Wii U. The most 2014 game... I'm going to shout game. at you for calling it a party game. I'm going to shout at you for saying it's not a fight game, if you did. But you didn't, so... No. Uh, the most 2014 of all 2014 games. This game had stealth sections, zombies, a dad trying to connect with a daughter, <laughs> and a crafting system. Ah, the last was... And a shitty ending robbing a female character of agency? Yes! It was the cool, last cool. of us. Just making sure we're on the same page. And from one game with shitty female character with a shitty handling of female characters to another, this is a game that's all about three dudes and the ways they ruin their lives through crime. I almost got punched in the face over this game in class from someone who hadn't played it. What the fuck? Grand Theft yeah. Auto Five. Grand Theft Auto Five. Someone almost came to violence with you about this game. Yes. Well, gaming doesn't have a problem, everyone. We're fine. Uh, the, the issue in question was that the journalism class we were in was discussing the idea of journalists getting attacked for journalism. And I pointed out that it doesn't have to be something wow. as extreme as military reporting or war zone reporting that will get you attacked. You can also be harassed and assaulted verbally for... Uh, even just mundane things like video game reviews. And I brought up Carolyn Petit, who had just recently been the subject of a harassment mob over saying that she didn't like Grand Theft Auto V. And a student in that class took that very personally and got very aggressive with me for bringing her up. Almost as if to prove the point. Yeah. I I had to de-escalate it, reassure the teacher that I was okay, take it outside and uh, wound up explaining to the student that I didn't actually care what he thought about the video game. <laughs> we always got no punch-up outside. I don't know how this kid didn't get reported. Because I didn't do it. Anyway, I, I didn't report him. Like, no one else is going to do it. Anyway, so yeah, that was 2014. That was a year. <laughs> that was a hell of a year. And it also featured the Downloadable Concept Podcast. It featured us. The fuck is the Downloadable Concept Podcast? <laughs> Anyway. A miserable little pile of secrets. <laughs> a miserable little pile of Munchlaxen. <laughs> I don't think the Munchlaxen have ever been miserable. Occasionally disconsolate, no. but never they, miserable. They have a lot of fun. <laughs> it, the, the closest the Munchlax ever come to miserable, picture this if you will, is just being bored enough to sort of roll around. That's not miserable at all. <laughs> like egg roll style. Doesn't sound miserable at all. That sounds great. Uh, and by the but way, like, you know, idly, just sort of, you know, oh. opening the mouth at things and going, eh, but being too bored and lazy to do anything about it. So just rolling on by. Uh, connected to all this, by the way, is that the 2014 in video gaming page is 
in the stage of locked for edits that means that someone needs to approve your edits. So apparently there was a fight <laughs> recently. <laughs> All right. But was it about GTA 5? No. No, it was about the release of Skylanders date. That's fair. <laughs> That's serious business. There's a lot of Skylanders that got released. How weird is that? So, that being said, that was the 100th episode of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. I just want to say to my fellow hosts, I love you. You have ha- made this whole experience a lot of fun. I am glad to do this with you. Aww. I'm sure you said something. Dang it! <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> well, it was nice. It was, it was nice. It was just nice. It was basic nice. <laughs> Mel, that's me all over, isn't it? Basic and nice. (laughs) You're lovely. You're both lovely. Thank you very much for listening to us. Thank you very much for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you very much for enjoying the show as much as you have while we've been distributing it. We just want to say thank you once again from the bottom of our hearts for everything you, you tell us about, what you think of this show, and for just tuning in and listening to it. It means a lot to us. All five of our hearts. Yeah. Uh, as ever always that was Jeb <laughs> that was probably Fox and that was basic nice <laughs> tune in next time there'll be a next time we're pretty confident there will be a next time a hundred of these fucking things <laughs> he's talently by the way we love him and he does the hard part <laughs> week after week after week I just want you to know that my computer is telling me that I have additional recording space for 69 hours. Nice.